Alright, hey, And we are recording, we are live. Welcome, this is our first uh, podcast uh, ever. Uh, I think I'm going to call it the Steroids Love Story Podcast or something. Ah, I'm not sure. I like that. But, uh, you know, the, the cognition of uh, love and steroids at the same time. Uh, at first, I was a bit conflict about the language. I wasn't sure if I'm going to do French, English, bilingual. And I think it's going to be for English because I'm my English is not proper English. And I'm pretty aware of that. But it's how I speak since... Uh, almost 15 years and uh, usually I cater uh, conversation pretty well in English and uh, I kind of stands out that way and I'll do maybe French and us together in French maybe two or three times a year that's about it um, this is it and it's us and it's the beginning so um, This will be a podcast that's very uh, focused, obviously, on hormones and bodybuilding and uh, steroids and the steroids culture, the steroids lifestyle and everything in between. Here with us, uh, Rich is here, the steroid coach. So steroid coach will come, uh, I don't know, every two weeks or once a month kind of framework to chat, to speak, to go in depth and uh, I think it's I think my my if I talk to my my own insight or aim as a goal it's something like I don't want to have too much complexity to research that I don't really recognize even myself I'm not a genius in endocrinology whatsoever it, and I'm more interested in either by two goal either get big or either get contest prep condition so or a mixture of both which kind of a bit of a topic but i think some if someone is very gifted for genetics it would be but uh not something too simple i want to talk about you know girls life uh, sexuality and stuff i want to kind of in between that have substance and whatsoever and uh i'll try to have as many guests as i want i think i'm more creative when i'm with someone so um, That's it. That's whoever is open to talk about steroids openly and uh, without, without, you know, I would say with full transparency and honesty, they're welcome to uh, reach us. And our website is uh, sponsored by uh, the steroid, steroidsource.ca. Exactly. It? Yes. Steroidsource.ca. So steroidsource.ca, it's our main sponsor and the only one sponsor and uh, we will never get any sponsor than that so go hey, maybe maybe i'll get some local tanning salons like remember derek anthony his podcast yes yes he, yes, he yes. had all the local uh, he had the car wash he had this big car wash ad he had a chicken place that he had he had all these local places i would never know maybe i can get a break locally and save some money because hey Uh, I was invited by him uh, maybe a few months before he died, if I'm not mistaken. It's so sad what Derek did. Actually, like, you know, we we found out later on, like, you know, Derek was, uh, he was still taking his drugs even in the hospital, you know? Like, it was obvious. Like, he was doing synthol when he was, like, dying. So Derek was going to die, you know, one way or another. It wasn't he had a fatty liver. I, I think the GHB kind of thing didn't help. 
you know, some people have a hard time sleeping and they take GHB to sleep and it's kind of looping in a very uh, mysterious, uh, self-destructive state. But he was, he was a nice guy. To me, he was very nice. I know he had fights with, with several people and stuff. But, um, yeah. He was always fun to listen to. Uh, it makes me listen uh, to the, the beginning of the, actually the radio shows, the era uh, RX Muscle. And now that spawned a lot of other people doing those shows, which kind of a died down a bit now because people, you know, they have, uh, I guess, a podcast or they do yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. But uh, both are interesting, you know, and um, they bring interesting uh, perspectives always. And they have guests who make you think about uh, your game. And as you think about these things, you well, you get develop new ideas, and from there you can progress. That's true, but there's not that many uh, steroids podcasts. Very like steroid focused. There's podcasts that sometimes talks about steroids. There's the steroid podcast. I think it's someone from Australia or Bali, which is pretty friendly. There's a guy. I think it's more plate, more dates. In is a bit more technical and stuff. Very research. Very. I find him very intriguing and stuff. Okay. But, yeah. Like, um, I think what we're going to do doesn't exist yet because we'll apply, we'll talk about cycle and stuff and goal and a bit of academia and the mismatch of uh, always been and you are, you know, fully atypical. So who knows what? I don't have any planning. I don't have any sheets. I don't have any blogs. So it's all about constant um, inspiration, whatever that comes from. Is sure welcome. So, what I want to talk, my first question to you, the steroid coach, is you've been consistent for, I don't know if it's 20, 25 years, I don't know how many years, but a very long time. You've been in crazy good shape for like 20 years straight. So, my question is what are the best tool, advice, experience for someone that doesn't want to be Mr. Canada, doesn't want to be the next Antoine Bayan, doesn't want to be like, you know, 6% body fat for an entire 20 years, but let's say uh, uh, between an 8 and 11% body fat with, you know, like a, a consistency of mass and body fluctuation, I think your body kind of, it looks to me, it fluctuates between maybe 10 to 20 pounds, but always around eight and 11, you kind of, you always stay in shape. Sometimes you're just in bigger shape than condition shape, but it's, it's a beautiful flow. So just tell me how you do it. Okay. Well, thank you for the props. Uh, it's kind of funny to hear that now that, um, I haven't been in the gym in almost three weeks. Uh, so, um, I want to get back to it. Obviously, uh, it's just after all this time, it's like, um, being the same always, it, it's hard to, to find inspiration to, to, to want to go because you don't see changes anymore. I think in the sense I'm taking time off now because um, when I start back, I, I want to see changes again. You know, it's just been the same forever. And, uh, you know, I'm partly to blame for that. That's obviously because it just takes more nutrition. I have to apply myself and eat more. It's something I don't like to do. So um, what I see is what I get. And I think I, I got to try and be happy with that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those guys who's pretty much on, you know, steroids all the year. Um, only the last four weeks I've been off, but I've been on since about 2011. And um, I think 500 to a 
thousand milligrams of test is pretty much what I do. Yeah. Uh, rarely a thousand, probably about six, seven, 750 milligrams, usually a denthate or uh, a long lasting ester usually. So that, but that gives me about 10 pounds, 15, maybe 20 more than I would be natural. If I was natural, I'd probably be about 20 pounds lighter, you know, 200 pounds. To, but the same I look now. It's, it's weird how people, um, they never really noticed all that much because the proportions were all so similar, you know. So, um, but uh, my food, I'm very monk-like about that. You know, I'm one of these people who um, I'm kind of disappointed when I talk to people who know how many milligrams of testosterone and shit they're taking, but they can't tell me off the top of their head how many grams of carbs they're having. And then they're wondering why they have problems with what they're doing. And I think a lot of people have forgotten how important, I don't know, when did this start where people started not giving a shit about how they eat? Is it the um, fits your macros people? Um, a calorie is a calorie people. And these people, I just think they're, they're, they're garbage for the industry, bro. Um, what they're saying, I mean, ever since these people have come along, I just don't find the quality of the average gym rat is as good. And it's not normal for me to be like one of the bigger. Yeah, we're not here to criticize the, 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 the current generation. We're here to understand uh, your, your goal of how to yeah. be in shape. So nutrition would be, I mean, well, you know, what's very interesting is you, you don't overboard. You know, it's like me when I did cycle. You know, I I'm off since like five years. But when I did cycle, especially near the end, there were like three, four gram type cycle, right? It kind of smashed my health somehow. And I'm more prone to blood pressure and side effect from steroids. That's why I kind of remain completely off. Yeah. And we we, we kind of almost like has been. But I think from the has been that been in the industry for 20 years, there's a lot of things to learn for, you know, the kids, the upcoming kids that yes, but, are curious about hormones. But about the food, I was making a point that um, this is why I've had a lot of good success doing what I do. It's because, um, you know, I, I have beliefs that seem to have um, disappeared in, in current trends or people today, they rely on a lot more drugs to look you know, to kind of get what I did with a lot less drugs. So what I'm saying is that if people were to listen to me, what I'm saying about food, it would have a magic impact on their cycle. And I just don't know what these people understand about, you know, um, a calorie is a calorie. Like, how does that register as being logical? So everything else that they do is shit from there. And I just wanted to bring a step back and talk about food, I guess, because this is what has, a, you know, the, the, the major impact on, on, on the success that I have or not. So, so you, you eat clean, let's say for like six days and then you have a sloppy day because I find your genetics, you know, I could not have the cheat that you have. Me, uh, I go, just go sloppy. Like at, yes. at five hours, I gained 20 pounds of water. It was fucking ridiculous. But I do not have your ability to eat. This is the difference between me and you. We can have a meal together and you're done in two minutes. You know how it is? And 40, pass, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and 40 minutes later, I'm still picking my food. So that, that, that's always been a huge limiting factor on my overall size, you know? But uh, the, the cheat day, I only do that crazy-ass cheat day when I'm dieting. 
like now, now that I'm not dieting, I'm eating normal. I don't have these cravings to, to cheat, obviously, because I have no restrictions. But yes, when I was cheating and I was working security, like it was a huge thing, you know, it's like Saturday, the anticipation for Sunday, I had all the food ready and I would wake up and it was like Juan Morel, you know, not as, not as exaggerated as him, not, you know, as many calories, but the day was very similar. I mean, I have a picture on my Instagram of like an example of what I might have be getting ready for, you know, there might be more treats in the freezer that aren't there. But here's the thing about that. If you make progress every week, this is all I care about. Yes or no. By the time I do the next cheat, do I look better than the week before? And if the answer is yes, then that's a good sign to me. Yes. So the day after, and maybe the day after that, I look bloated a bit, you know, yeah, that kind of temporary water retention. It's temporary, though. It's not like, you know, I have a model contract or I'm, you know, I need to be shirt off anywhere. So people who worry about this, they're not letting themselves enjoy the process enough. They're suffering too much for nothing unless you're competing. Like if you're a guy who's competing, I wouldn't go as stupid as I do, or at least I would use some insulin or maybe train a little bit to make the, the calories, or I wouldn't do a full day thing. Like what I do, what I was doing in the end, actually it changed a bit, bro. Um, I would try to save the cheating for later on in the day. Cause once you start, you don't want to stop everything. And, um, and I also find there's a huge difference in how I feel and in regards to what I have for the first meal, if the first meal is junk food, I kind of feel like shit the rest of the day, you know, um, and things like pastries, I can't eat that anymore. I feel like death. I used to always have strudels in the freezer and uh, <laughs> Me too, man. chocolate. Uh, if I eat chocolate, I puke. It's like I see those kids, you know, doing big cycle, 280 off season and they go eat with your girlfriend. They're about 26, 27. I'll say, I'll see you in 15 years, bro. You won't be able to do that. You'll uh, do that, you'll be so sick. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I, used, I used to go to buffets too. And like, you know, I would really take advantage of it. And they'd be with the bill before I was done, you know, as a sign to get the hell out. And I would just burn those places, man. Like, seriously. I remember, I don't know if I, if I want to talk about the crazy past in the podcast, but whatsoever. I was, I was going at the Chinese buffet and I was eating like, you know, like 12, 13 plates, whatever. And, I, and then I take two Vatsipulmen, uh, uh, the clan, the horse clan, you know, <laughs> my girlfriend. And I took the, the subway to, for the pro gym in Montreal. And mm -hmm. I fall unconscious in the subway <laughs> because, you know, food, food coma. Obviously. And I wake up and I see white dots, you know, like, I think it's when your heart gains size or whatever. And then I go there and I... I hack squat like a thousand pound free weights. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how many plates. It's crazy. Well, Chinese those, food. Those, those, those were wild. Very wild years. Like craziest workout ever. Well, but I was lean. I was at, you know, 15, 14% body fat, but crazy strength. Crazy strength for me. You know, if I compared to cold men and, and part lifting, I was nothing. You know, but oh, yeah, for sure. Was, Neither are all of us, but your legs were always uh, outstanding, you know, uh, very yeah. strong. But that just goes to show, like, the impact, again, like I was saying, that, that overeating and food has on training, you know? And it's how like, like, people today, like, the problem today is that everyone wants to keep their fucking abs, like, 
year long. And it's not as like, I can somewhat do it because I'm an ectomorph. Like that yeah. doesn't, doesn't mean it works for me. It's the best plan for somebody else. But um, having said that, you know, um, most people should start their cycle lean. And I find that starts the whole ball game off wrong because these people who don't start off lean, like they never end up getting lean because they always look bloated because they're on gear. I just find that the whole thing. Really? I, I thought the opposite. Me, I would say that I, I don't like a guy over like 15% body fat doing steroids because it, the water will create too much chemical estrogen out of control reaction. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying, to start to cycle lean because you don't want to start too high because it's hard to gain body mass, you know, when, uh, when, you're, when your body fat's up. You're full of water. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're on, you know, gear, it, it still becomes uh, it's less advantageous. I find, you know. Yeah. So yeah, first cycles. Um, I know you have an interesting approach. Uh, a lot of people might have heard of your um, your three by eight system, right? Are you still vouching that? I still vouching that. The only difference of the eight by three, which is three cycle a year, is now I feel almost like let's do only one cycle, seven months straight four or five months off to really kind of bring back the fertility, blah, blah, blah. That would say that's kind of a change because I think drugs need times, you know, like let's let, okay, do EQ, trend, uh, Anavar, a little bit of D ball, a little bit of GH here and there, seven months straight. I'll see you in six months. Eat this, 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 this. And you know, time, it needs times. It needs almost years. Exactly. Yep. And you do advocate uh, your, I've seen your posts on food and all your food posts are very good. The, the combination of foods that you recommend to people and that surely has an impact on the longevity in which they can, you know, engage in this, you know, like these guys who are just not thinking long term, they're taking huge, like way too much, even though your doses are somewhat high, but some, you know, these people, like I've had people like text me and say, Hey, I'm not feeling too good. Said, okay, what'd you do? Well, you know, you front loaded two grams of equipoise on the first day. I mean, what'd you expect? You know, <laughs> they're just not thinking long term. Like they're thinking, I have to get huge, like, I have to load up now. But why not start with a little bit, see what it does, and go from there? Which yeah. brings me to the point of like my boring advice on our first cycle that, you know, a lot of kids today would piss on it. But hey, um, 500 milligrams of test. I mean, why is that not enough? You know, um, if you play your cards right, you should be able to gain 20 pounds. I think me, for me, the, the amount of tests just go with weight. You know, if you're middleweight national level, you're about in 600, 700. Then if you're classic, you're about 800. Then if you're light heavy, then you're 1,000. Then if you're heavyweight, 218, 220, then you have... 1200, 1300, and if you're 250 plus on stage, then it's 1.5 plus anabolic plus this plus that. Obviously, it's that plus 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 model. Exactly. Yeah, it's relative to size. It's relative to size, and it's relative, we see, to sometimes genetics. You know, if you don't do, if you do a little, I mean, you look light heavy. I mean, you talk, you know, I spend $500. And I was 198 and I played second in the national, cost me $600. It was like outstanding genetics, you know, wow, thing, you know, amazing to you. But the thing is, if you're a bodybuilder at 198, 
there's not that much light heavy pro anymore in bodybuilding. They kind of go, they slip into classic and, you know, freak, you know, it's like, let's say, uh, CPA contest now, uh, 1995, there was like, uh, 50 bodybuilder. And, uh, now with all the division, there's 50 male classic, 30 uh, classic and like four bodybuilders. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a good and a bad thing for bodybuilding because obviously with the with the classic, it's bringing in more um, people to shows, tickets sold, you know. But um, we know how it is sometimes. Like the guys, they 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 just go see their friends and then they leave, and it still leaves like empty rooms. So the the ambience of it is somewhat of a problem. I find you know to keep these places full all day. I would I would still think that even though there's less bodybuilder, it's it's what people want to see. I'm not saying bodybuilder is better, but there's kind of a freak show and stuff. And me, I'm a big fan of all class. I find all class is some kind of a charisma and fun to it. And, you know, like figure will take a little bit of the drugs and bikini might take a bit of GWS tagging just to be trimmed down. And I, I find that very exciting that it's kind of spread. And uh, even, you know, even... I would say it's not super exciting to see natural <laughs> show, but it's pretty trendy. It's very popular and it takes more and more space and uh, it grows into what I don't like is natural federation and people cheat and use steroids and stuff like <laughs> six weeks before to bypass the, that, that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan anyway for me. If I was me as the judge, that judge natural show, I would only make win the one that looks lifetime natural. That's what they do in Musclemania. I mean, I, I used to know a buddy who did that. And, uh, you know, like, they, what they would pretty much go by is your look. If you look passable for what they're looking for, it doesn't really matter what you took. But, you know, you don't want to look too roided out, which makes sense. I mean, think about it. And it's bad enough that people already assume that everyone is roided out. So you don't want to have somebody with overly looking veins or, you know, or just grotesque looking physiques. They're very selective in what they do. But it's it's misleading because people, you know, they start training thinking they can get that, you know, thinking they can train like that and, and look like them, which is just, you know, it's... um. It, it, it's not, it's not, um, it's just not fair in a sense. Sorry, I'm trying to turn on the volume here, bro. It's super loud. I hear you very loud. Uh, in your setting. I, uh, anyway, it's okay, bro. You, you sound perfect. People will adjust their volume to their, uh, whatever they might or not use. No, I just hear you very loud right now. Oh. I'm trying to, uh, to turn it down a bit. Obviously, it's the first time. Uh, whoops. It's okay, brother. Yeah, I'm just making, tampering with you're it here. You're going to hear me screaming for another, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so, let's go back at it. So, what's your advice to be in a, in a very decent shape? Like, let's say a, 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 almost like a seven, six week out of a prep uh, shape year basis for an entire decade. What you done it? That's all. Yeah, um, it's just finding out what works for you. You know, in terms of uh, what's your your caloric base, I would say. And uh, I just 
try to get away with as much crap as I can and still look good. Uh, alpha lipoic acid, and I've spoken about this quite a few times. You know, I do think that makes a big difference in terms of uh, how you absorb the carbs. And it's not about feeling it; it's just how you look. I find that it gives me a better look, a better carb. Okay. But don't forget, like in a sense, for me to give advice on this, it's a bit unfair because I'm a I'm a naturally skinny person. It's like asking a guy with big calves how he got big calves. Well, fuck, he's just born that way. So, <laughs> in, in a sense, okay, let's say if you don't have the genetics, like like someone like myself who's a natural ectomorph, I would cycle in um, clen more often. I would probably use more Tren, more Mastron, or, or limit carbs more. Like, okay, here's an, here's an easy one. The first step I would tell anyone for anything is cut carbs on your last meal of the day. You know, like I don't do that now, but I don't need to. If I did that, I would probably get leaner. But like I said, I don't have any purpose to. I don't go to parties anymore. Um, don't even have a girlfriend right now, so it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, I can always be there like in five days. And I've surprised myself many times. Like I just let go of all my habits. And then I, I look at myself and I'm like, shit, man, I don't know if I can get there again so quickly, but it's, it's never taken more than like seven days or like two weeks. I could really look good in two weeks, you know, just two weeks. But then again, the way I'm ripped I think a lot of the kids wouldn't be that impressed because they're fucking ripped now. Like the, you know, the, the kids who are ripped, like they're, they're really ripped, but they look skinny though to me. I find yeah, 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 yeah. they're like a 6%. But if I was looking to really always be ripped, well, obviously some, somehow it's going to come through carb manipulation and I would pick which method I dig the most, you know, because the one you dig the most is the one you're going to stick with. You know, mm -hmm. so it could be carb cycling and I would structure my trainings around it, maybe a bit different than what they do, but there would be a carb cycling um, method. You, you never use T3 or a little bit major uh, uh, anti-estrogen whatsoever. You kind of, because at 500, maybe you don't need or you don't. Ah. Anti-estrogen, here's where we have a different opinion is that I know you're very against it, but me, I do use it year-round pretty much because if I don't, I feel the left pec tingling. Uh, two, I have a little bit of gyno from uh, puberty, you know, on my left pec and it bugs me. And when I use a rem uh, Remedex or Aromazin, well, it's, it, it looks smaller, you know, and I often use Novadex on top of that when I want to look my best in that regard. Yeah, I did, I did gyno surgery. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, ideally, I would get that done too, but, you know, I don't have the money. But um, I find that um, part of why I look leaner is because the anti-estrogen use, you know, I might... I don't even know what my blood level is. Like ideally, you know, you, you would get tests and you would work within that dose. I, I think he, sorry to cut you off there, but I think exactly is libido is a good marker. Of yes. Estrogen. Yes. And your joints and your sore joints. Like if my, but high and low estrogen symptoms are kind of similar, you know, except yeah. for one, one of them, you have sore joints, the other one you don't. Now, the, the telltale sign to me is my, is my nipples. If I, if I feel it tingling, I got to take something, you know? Yeah. And so I just do. On that threshold. 
But what I don't like about it is that I think my face has a lot more receptors for Arimidex than other people. And when I take like more, I get such a skinny looking face. And I think I fool people a little bit with my leanness and that aspect. Cause they're like, Oh, look at his face is always like sunk it in, but it's not really because I did anything special. It's just because I took more Arimidex, you know, <laughs> and I feel kind of flat. I, mean, I have a love and hate relationship with Arimidex. First, I, I don't find it's a great compound for multi, multi-pharmacology. It's like I prefer Arimidex for, let's say, natural bodybuilder. <laughs> I find it's kind of okay for girls. That's okay. better on girls than men. That's my perception. It's just my bias. But I find that giving me headache. I feel like shit. Oh. Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. I was more like a little bit of aromasin, very smooth and stuff. And what happened is that if I use anti-estrogen too much, then I get, I get like almost like a high blood pressure syndrome. I have like almost like insulin resistance. It's almost to me, it's more like dangerous. You can take as much steroids as you want, but anti-estrogen, be careful. That's my like. That's like kind of a my life experience. If I can frame it in one sentence, right? Well, I just want to agree with your aromasin uh, statement there. Um, I'm only using aromatix now because I've been out of aromasin for the last while. But I've been using aromasin ever since like 2011. You know, on the whole run. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, well, well, what are you going to do? You know, if you stop taking it, you know, you're you're playing with fire in regards to to estrogen, and um, you know. To undo it, well, you have to get the surgery, and um, it's just not possible now. So I just, I just, I'm just careful with that, you know. But the aromasin is way better because there's no, uh, there's no estrogen rebound. So if you miss a dose, you know, in your schedule, you don't, you, it's more forgiving. Yeah, I find that after a while, and you know, like years of aromasin, could be kind of upsetting the stomach, and I need, I needed. EGL eventually I stopped and I stopped let's say I stopped the anti-estrogen maybe like four or five years ago and uh, at first I kind of rebound and gain water and stuff and eventually kind of soothe and stuff I would say now I'm very curious I'm actually going to do a blood work Tuesday Tuesday yeah I didn't do blood work in a very long time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> because I was scared. I said, I'm not going there. It's just going to give me like fucking like... Well, man, it's like you said. I mean, if you get bad news, what are you going to do? Are, are, am I going to change my ways if I get bad news? Do I, am I better off not knowing? All I tell myself is this. If I got good news when I went the time, when I was taking a gram of tests and I was partying all the time, and I had like perfect blood work... <laughs> I just tell myself now, well, hey, I'm, I'm, I live better, you know, I eat better, so I should be. But, okay. uh, I remember I did a blood test after, like, let's say I, I did, like, I trained for 20 years. I'm still training three times a week, like, you know, for the regular guy, uh, just for my brain function or whatever. So there's 18 years of training, nine years of steroids. On nine years of steroids, there's, like, 4.5 that was very, very hardcore. So after that hardcore period, when I went to like, let's say 31 inch legs at 283 and like almost like dying in India, I did blood tests a year after that. And that's about, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. And the ASL was a bit high, but nothing, nothing like, nothing like I expected. And uh, my, I think my potassium was a bit lower 
And the third thing was my red blood cell was tiny and heavy. Wow. And that was it. I know it's like, wow, for, you know, like 20 years training, nine years steroids, five years hardcore steroids partying, and that's all I have. I'm very grateful for my health. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to look like at 60. Sometimes I'm worried about that. I won't, I won't lie. Because I push, I push all the limits. I mean, I, me, for many years, I, I was willing to give my life to be big like uh, Branch Warren, you know. I was not a fan of Bridge Warren, but it was like it was the image I had in my mind. It's like I have to be a freak. I have to be the biggest guy I can be in the world, and nothing could stop me. I was I felt invincible till I was no more invincible. Yeah, well, it happened pretty quickly in your case, huh? Well, because the thing is, I went hard. I went hard. I was already old. I went very hard bodybuilding. I was like thirty-seven to forty-one ish. So, you know, it's like, it's kind of a almost too late passion. It's too late. Yeah, your stomach just can't take that type of abuse, especially for a prep. I mean, I've never done it, but uh, I can't imagine uh, the toll that it must take. Yeah, I mean, I went very, very big to very extreme, lean to extreme big as all those fluctuations. And wow, man. I'm grateful for my help, man. I, the, the, and, and what I want to say is like for those young kids is like, you know, steroids is hardcore, but it's not, it's not a demon. You know? if, if it was, if steroids were so dangerous, I would be dead by now. Seriously. True. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the effects are, you know, we've seen the studies of the anadrol given to a fifth line breast cancer treatment to old ladies for six months straight, they're on 150 milligrams of anadrol. They're not dying. You know, I would, uh, I could never take that. <laughs> I would be so sick. <laughs> well, they, they probably don't have any appetite anyway, so they probably don't. They probably don't feel the difference, you know. Yeah, but um, it, it works it, great on women, though. Anadrol works better. On I prefer anadrol for women than men. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know much about women and steroids, so whatever you tell me, uh, you know. <laughs> Play a long ass. So, what, what's here? What's the, let's talk about libido. What's what's the best uh, steroid cycle for? Uh, I don't know. I will say porn star, but kind of a libido outgoing, like because I think kids are very performance oriented in all spectrum, strength, speed, size, look, sexuality, and stuff. Blah blah blah. Sure. Well, we're going to have Proviron in there. You know, that's a good yeah. one. Uh, Proviron is not that popular, I think, due to cost. It doesn't really specialize in anything. You don't get that strong. You don't get that rip. But there's a little feel good to it. Uh, and uh, obviously the hardening effect and the, the libido factor, you know. But 100 milligrams a day is when it's, somebody's using like two, three other things, that kind of becomes last in line like the first thing they're going to cut if they have to you know yeah. it's an interesting product i find test prop for some reason you know you can argue all you want that test is test but or maybe it's because my first cycle was test prop and i just had that insane libido but test prop man that that, that stuff i always feel kick ass full of piss and vinegar i find, I find more libido with testo suspension like water okay well yeah, there you go um well <laughs> Uh, suspension, um, I, I haven't used it that much, actually. Uh, 
we had it a few times and um, the, the how can I say that the pain of it well, it's a bit inconvenient you have to pin it at the gym pre-workout or uh, yeah, the, the last time I did the provirin it was uh, not provirin the suspension it was a long half-life it wasn't it wasn't pre-workout it was like it stayed in your body what, 36 hours or something Yes, actually, it doesn't have to be done pre-workout. And that was a mistake that I had when I was doing it. So I made it hard on myself for nothing. You know, here I am in the shitter at the gym, like, trying to get a shot in, not not get caught and feel weird about it. And infection, you know how I am. I'm one of those guys who I usually take my shot out of the shower and that, and I don't touch anything. And I, I, I pour alcohol on my hands and I'm super careful about it. And um, yeah, so at the gym, I'm, I'm always afraid of getting an infection. Um, but uh, test suspension is probably an underlooked product in terms of performance indeed. Yeah, yeah. You see it a lot in the, the power lifting. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything quick. It's a hard but, reach. Uh, so so it's, it's not an easy steroids to make. It's a lot of work, blah, blah, blah. I don't see it that much. I, 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 yeah. I didn't see suspension maybe in a year. Well, it also takes a separate syringe. This is the pain in the ass factor that comes into me. It's a, you can mix it with oil substance, but it's it's best to have a separate one. So ah, that will hurt so much. <laughs> well, for the long, hey, listen, my first cycles, I was mixing. Uh, I didn't know any better. I was mixing test prop and uh, injectable Winstrol, and they're in the same syringe every shot. Oh, yeah, but I've never been one to really. Um, complain about post-shot pain. I mean, hey, the, the test prop that I was doing, I was doing two CCs every other day or some shit like that. And remember Pedro, <laughs> he had the same batch and he was just freaking out. And he was coming up to me like, oh man, you know how he is? And he was like, oh, it's so bad. And I was just like, I don't, you know, I don't feel what you're feeling, but maybe it's just all the pot that I smoked that makes me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never had that big uh, pain from from steroids. I think, like in let's say twenty years, one time I could, I think maybe it was Winstrol. I'm not sure, but no, one time I had a, a flare of a kind of almost like pus or liquid between the skin and the fascia. And I remember I went into the the mirror and I cut it, and just like oh. dark blood went out and yeah. cleared itself. And that was it. That was the only bad injection. And one time I remember I look at me in the mirror and I'm like, what the hell is that? And my, my, my ass on the right side was so swollen. It was like almost like a second person. I was like, terrible. And I look at it, it's like, what the fuck is that? I didn't have any pain. That was like, that was, to look at it was scary, but I didn't have any pain. And it slowly faded on its own. But that's it. I only had two major bad injections in like, I don't know, like 18 years period. So I don't know how many injections is that, but it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. When, when I was like, let's say smaller, I was doing, I really love it. It was Three weeks on, three weeks off, three weeks on, three weeks off. Well, that's, uh, that was um, Bill Roberts. Uh, remember Bill Roberts? He had actually... A bit, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first cycle that I did. I can't believe I did this. I did the two weeks on, two to four weeks off. That was the first cycle that I did. And um, cool. It's very cool. It's not yeah. very trendy now. I, I don't see anyone done it. 
Well, anyone do that? Maybe girls, you know, maybe CrossFit athletes or people compete or they're doing federation, like, you know, like tested powerlifter. Then that would make sense. But for bodybuilder, it's not fair enough. But listen, like the goal of this was to use a, 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 in quotation here, a high dose for two weeks. But his high dose advocating was a gram. Like now, a gram is nothing. Like people, everyone's doing a gram. So, but it was considered cutting edge at the time. Like everybody's eyebrows were up and they were like, fuck, you're going to do a thousand milligrams of testosterone in a week? They couldn't believe it. Like, because everyone just did less. And um, my first injection actually was, had to be, um, I think on day one was 500 milligrams of prop. And we did that, I think, in two glutes. And uh, he was freaking out. Like, he'd never done that before. He kept saying, like, you know, how are you okay? How are you feeling? You know, I was okay. And then, uh, yeah, I was... I, my, my first injection, I remember, I was working in construction. I was... <laughs> what? 24, 23, maybe even younger. Anyway, so... I talked to my, uh, I, I've been training natural for like almost a year and a half. And I went from a uh, single fat, the uh, 240 to once these 67 looking like a, a model. And I was, I was actually doing model, but I hated it. It was like, wasn't part of me. I wanted to be a monster. Yeah. So what happened is I start eating like macrobiotic, like the zone no, don't buy it. I was convinced, bro, that was it. When I read that in Muscle Media, when it, there, was a, there was a three-part series on that with Dr. Barry Sears. Yeah. And the whole Ikinozoids, I can't pronounce it, I can read it. And it had to be, this was, this was what got me as I was being super paranoid about every fucking meal I would have. And it had to be on time. Like if I was 15 minutes late for a meal, I was freaking out, man. And I was like this for like 10 years, you know, I, I lived like that. I was convinced, bro. If I was to go off, like it, the, the training wouldn't work and it had to all be optimal and ideal. But okay, knowing now, you know, that none of that, it wasn't that necessary, but I think that that type of mindset is what you need to create that type of monster. Because people now are like, oh, carbs don't matter or macros don't matter or you don't have to train hard. What type of a mindset? Or you can only use machines. It's not the same animal. Just a second, I have to close the door. It's freezing. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, trend of, uh, the trend of macro and this and that, it's very like, you know, a few years old. Now it's more like paleo, organic, color, rainbow, keto, target keto. Yeah, it's all a variation. So change of diet. But I want to I go back to the, 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 the zone diet. So imagine yes. I'm dieting, I'm dieting at 1,600 calories for like a year and a half straight. Right, and I, I have all the uh, EAS supplement and the Muscle for Life. I was buying that shit, bro, and every dime I had was on HMB, and I got oh, I can't believe it! Like one hundred and twenty dollars a month back then was a fucking lot of money, bro. And I was like nineteen. 
I was 19 years old and I invested in that shit. Anyways, I listened to your story, but what a memory of just not knowing better. Fucking shit, man. When, when I was natural, I needed very my calorie very low or nothing's going to happen with body composition wise. So maybe it was a slow metabolism whatsoever. I have no clue, but I, I, I was kind of eating everything till I looked like shit. But you know what's crazy? is it took me almost 25 years of constant eating shit to look bad, out of shape. <laughs> you know? I was skinny. I was very skinny. But uh, mm. then, whatever. I'm dieting. I look like a model. I kind of don't like it and stuff. I read the zone diet with microbiotic, and I said, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. And then I was eating like 20 bananas or what? 20 oranges. And Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I was mixing macro. You know me; I've always been crazy experimenting stuff. But I'm, I'm, man, I'm telling you, though, it was the best high of my life. Imagine you're dieting for a year and a half, and then you eat twenty bananas. Man, you're like jumping, singing, name it all, man. So anyway, I, I'm bulking up to two hundred pounds within like two, three weeks, like the highest natural call it dopamine, neurotransmitter whatsoever. And then my neighbors kind of look like a hell's angel or I don't know, clue, whatever. And, you know, he looks tough and he has money and always like girls coming in and out, the big boat, and, you know, like always new car. And uh, then he looks at me and he sees me gaining so much size. Then he comes to me, he goes like, so are you doing steroids? And I said, no, I'm not doing steroids. But I, I didn't even know what it means. But I said, I want that. That's what I need. You know, it's, it's weird because um, I was in denial to myself in regards to that for a long time. You know, um, I hadn't even seen a, a real steroid, into, like an empty vial until I was 20 something. I would say, because I was, I, I, I'm not from the big city. I was from a small place and like nobody had that shit, obviously. And, um, I was supposed to be a natural pro, you know, I wanted to be a natural pro, but, um, I don't know. It's just cause at first you just progress so fast and you think you're special, you know, you think you're, <laughs> you're the next I'm big genetics. Bro. So I mean, have that. Uh, Better than myself. Well, you got the lower body. You got the calves, you know, <laughs> you got the super supreme legs. I just maybe have a bit of an upper for shoulders, I would say chest, I have average arms, but we each, we each got our, our strong points, I would say. I think um, neither of us, though, really, although you competed, I, ne I didn't, uh, I never bothered. I just didn't see myself um, being able to go very far, maybe probably do well in a local show, but I just always thought it was so much suffering for for very little in I think we I think we all both had done well in classic, but classic didn't exist. Exactly. And I'll go back to my first cycle. So yeah. the, the neighbor said, okay, I have steroids. And I said, oh, I have no money. He said, I don't care. I'll give you steroids. You pay me when you have your paycheck. <laughs> that was all kind he was. So <laughs> then he gave me my first cycle. <laughs> I looked at stay and, uh, and, and wind jet. When you check the ball. Okay. So I take I take uh, two or three alotestin and, and we inject. And then 
I don't know. It was it was already too late. It was like ten thirty something like that. So, and me, I have like a bench with a bar and uh, maybe like thirty five pounds. I could not do very much, but it was the only weight I had on. I was going to the gym. Anyhow, I live in uh, uh, West Laval, so I start training, but I get hyper. I get so hyper. I was doing a set maybe every four or five minutes from ten thirty to work time at 7.15 when I run away to work. I didn't sleep at all. I had a six hours training workout. <laughs> and because my wife, my girlfriend, whatever, she was sleeping, I could not make any noise. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> So that was my first 20, 24 hours steroids. Uh, and then I don't know, tell me why the placebo effect, I work all day running like a maniac. I was making pools. I was working for Trevi. I was working fast, 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 fast. And then I, it never stopped. My first cycle started there, and it stopped, I think, two years after. And stopped for two years. I went, to, I went to 167 to bulk up 200 to a cycle for two years straight at 240. Okay. When did you start using the injects? Because you just said you started using... Uh, oh, sorry. You had a Winstall inject? Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So when did you first incorporate test? Wow. I think the first time I did testosterone from what I remember, because it's so long ago, I think it was in Toronto. When, when I was in Toronto... No, I live in Toronto, but I live in Toronto... Uh, 2004, 2005, from memory. Anyhow, that's when I was when that's when I started doing Sostenon and nonstop. And my first contest, I won overall Windsor overall, and I think that was 2007. After maybe two, three years testosterone, something like that. Okay, so what were you running for a dose back then? For, I don't remember much, but I think I was running 20 microgram clan with uh, one D ball and 500 uh, sustenance. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Very minimal. Oh, yeah, back then it was like that. And nope. it's not because, uh, it's not because uh, I was close minded to abuse and stuff. It's just like, I think, I think. I, as much as I love bodybuilding, I was not willing to put money, 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 nonstop. And I was more like, I was doing it to look good. I spent a bit. I look good. I stopped spending. I was, I was, I had a different mindset. The prices weren't the same back then. I, I often talk about this. I mean, back then, how much were we paying for? Like back then, a bottle of test prop was costing me $150 back then. You couldn't use more than you were using because five milligrams of D-ball was a dollar, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super expensive, man. And Arimidex just came out in that time, and it was like $10 a pill at first? Fuck. That's crazy, yeah? It was the, so that... Oh, no, everything, everything is affordable. And, and not that it's affordable. It's me, though, when I was seeing my, my, my drug dealer, let's call it drug dealer, and he goes, like, what do you have? And he said, oh, I have Deco, I have, uh, I don't know, I have this and that and this and that. And whatever he had, that was the cycle of the next two weeks. A lot of people say that, yes. There is no yeah. choice. There is, there is no, no 
Yeah, you couldn't go online and just, you know, oh, I'm going to, oh, this guy doesn't have it. Well, that's no big deal. The next guy, the next lad, there's always stuff available, despite maybe not now what's going on in China. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was much different. And back then, because it was so expensive, I think people trained. I hate the shit on, you know, current times. Um, but back then, because it was so expensive, like nobody missed a meal. Nobody missed a training or, or a nap or anything because, hey, it, this, this cycle cost you thousands of dollars, you know? So you want to make the best of it. Now, I, I, personally, for me, the regrets that I have with steroids is how lazy it's made me in a sense because when you're natural, you have to be fucking perfect all the time sure. or you won't get results. And if, and if you steroid it, so but when you're on sauce you know i can i can fuck off for like five days but then like a day or two later look the way i did you know but natural is not like that you know so and that's just off test pretty much me, me the only regret i have it's not a regret i'm still happy that I was doing when i went in my most hardcore bodybuilding drug use of testosterone gh insulin and blah 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 so let's talk about my best cycle at my best shape ever was one cc npp a day one cc premobolin a day and one cc test probe a day uh 15 units emulating and bus workout uh 10 no seven units emulating uh, fast the rapid uh, two meals a day and Lentus morning, uh, 25 units with 10 ish, nine ish, uh, growth hormone serona for a year straight. That's when I look my best. That's what I did for a year, entire. So about 2.1, 2.1 gram a week, about uh, 70 GH pharma a week. And uh, with the insulin, that was that was that was my best ever, and that was very clean, very uh, high fiber, 50, 70 gram carbs a day more. I was getting water, high fat content. I could eat me. Yeah, I could eat 180, 200 fat a, a day and looks lean. It was very very strange for me, but uh, that's that was, normal for me, bro. That was the, that was the working uh, metabolism for me, and that's probably the best cycle I did. I don't think it wasn't harsh that much. It wasn't harsh. After maybe two years, almost like two years of, uh, I think that was enough, you know. And I, I had the age of, I think, I think if I would have started younger, I would be better. If I would have not, I find that doing steroids after 40, it's kind of a, almost done. It's like, a, for me, it's an ART age, unless you look like Dexter Jackson, when I can understand why you're kind of, keep going in old years. I've picked up on that. I never expected to hear that from you because, you know, I don't find it that old because I'm 43 myself and I'm still, you know, using. And it's almost like you're saying, like, you shouldn't use them if you're over 40, you know? But, yeah. there's, but there's a lot of gym rats out there who fit that description. You know, if you do it at 40, I will do blood works twice a year, you know? monitor blood pressure, monitor hemoglobin. So I'm not, I'm not saying no as a radical no, but 
it cannot be very reckless and stuff. You know, because now, you know, the thing is now I had a daughter, I'm a dad, so I'm more, you know, I, it kind of brings some kind of conservator value, but I didn't answer the question yet. Is my regret is I was too much of a businessman. I was not a bodybuilder. And, you know, that's, that's always the hard thing because at one point, you need that kind of money to be a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's either you run to money or you run into bodybuilding. And me, it was always conflict. It was hard to find the harmony of in-between. It was just like work, 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 work like a maniac or, or you know, I said it was kind of always that kind of elevation and stuff. It was so complex that I needed, and I find it, which is very strange, strange, is I find a personal trainer that could personal train me any time of the day that I felt like. Oh, yeah, that could, yeah. You know, I'm not going to say his name because he likes yeah. privacy, but for five years, I had a trainer that was always available for me. Okay, the guy was kind of a, a bit antisocial and not much like personal life and whatever. I don't know what he was doing when I was not with him. Maybe shady stuff. I have no clue. But anyhow, he was available anytime I needed. And it was such a very intriguing, but uh, it's the only way I could be a bodybuilder. And because of that, I, it kind of, it's the reason why I kind of overlapped to a couple of years when I find the lead threshold, because when I find the recipe to be my best bodybuilder with a personal trainer that was available 24 seven, I kind of start with him already a bit injured. Okay. Right? That's so, the beginning of the end, I think for a lot of us, those injuries. I mean, yeah. seems to have recovered from one, but hey, for my case, I, when I started to get sciatic issues in my leg, and I couldn't do um, the bent over rows, the T-bar rows anymore because being bent over from the hip, it affects the movement or back squats. You know, it's like you're limited. So um, that, you just don't recover at that age, you know. When, you, when you're uh, late 30s, early 40s, your, your likelihood of recovery 100% is uh, very, very low. Yeah. But what was the, you had a trainer for all that time. What would you say was the major influence you had on your training style? Or did you just use him like to, to motivate you and get your ass in here? No, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's the, he was, I think, seriously, maybe I, I'm talking in the, I have a, a, I think he's the best trainer in Canada, but uh, he didn't want to have exposure. He didn't want to have fame. He was, uh, he didn't want to be known. And, uh, Someone that's a good trainer like him usually make uh, you know hundred two hundred thousand a year because there's not that many great condition strength coach because he was halfway west side for lifting Olympic and me I was into bodybuilding so he kind of modulate the style to my you know seek for hypertrophy and what's or whatever and with him the back. I had like 28 wins and I had lacked like this. It was completely crazy. So I could say I had 30, like 19 inch calves. I don't know if it was professional, but it was big. I had 31 inch legs with almost like 28 inch. I had 31 inch legs off season, like bulky, like, you know, big weight, 260, 270. I was almost like 250, around 10% body fat for 10 years straight. 
but I use fat burner. I use clan. I use, I was kind of a bit excessive somehow. Yeah, but I would not do that today. I would not do like clan, 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 clan. I think I probably did like clan for like two, three years straight. That's completely crazy. Makes sense. Well, anyone who's going to get to that level, though, they're going to abuse something. If it's not clan, it's going to be trend or something. Like you just yeah, yeah. have your everyday diet and like, oh, just do a few shots a week and be 250, 10%. You know, so that's probably what I would have done myself if I would have um, had to not have the genetics I have. Like I was saying earlier, because you're asking me, like, well, what did I do, you know, to, to be as I was? Well, hey, nothing is the answer. It's just because. I was born this way, you know, like I was saying, like asking the guy with big calves or the guy with big arms, how to get big arms. It's useless. Like Skip Lacour, the natural member of Skip Lacour. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Your brother doesn't even train. He's almost as big as him. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's quite discouraging in that level, but even Ronnie Coleman, like, you know, he just did track and field and he was lean, and good arms and all that stuff. The right parents. I gotta get some water, bro. Right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about Ronnie Coleman, it was like I couldn't, I, I couldn't do what he did. I could, you know. It's like this kind of um, there is, there is this moment, there is this short moment in my life where I, I would be willing to die to be the biggest monster, but. It didn't last very long, and I think Coleman really, like, really embodied it to another level. I mean, he doesn't care. It's like, I'm going to die in the gym. I will keep trying to gain size. And, uh, you know, he has six, seven kids or something. I mean, something <laughs> this guy can be fertile with, you know, all the sport he did. Superhuman. I mean, and so much conviction. That's why I wasn't, I didn't do well in the national. I didn't have that kind of uh, up level. Me, I wanted the, almost like the, kind of the glamour side of the pro bodybuilder. You know, you barely work, you just sleep and eat, have sex, go gym, don't do nothing. Your trainer comes pick you up in a cab and you go gym. And that was pretty much it. I remember almost slept six years of my life. It took so much growth hormone. I was just sleeping all the time. Yeah. I cannot believe some, some girlfriend lasts with me four or five years. I was just sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping, sleep, 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 sleep. Yeah, but most people have a full nine to five job. So, you know, that, that a lot of yeah. that time was occupied by sleeping, which training was your job pretty much. You yeah. Know? You would not have had the exposure. But it just cost me money. You know, just... Yeah. enormous amount of money but uh, it's too bad though like um bodybuilding it does it um it, it limits a lot of people from ever succeeding due to cost right off the bat i mean just um having to pay you know to to, to, to participate and take a week off work you have to travel you have to get a hotel room you know if you want to compete just those costs that's a lot for people. Yeah. Never mind the frigging steroids that they have to get ready for the show. So right away, it just alienates at the competitive level a lot of people. Yeah. you just kind of it's a it's a middle upper class, you know, kind of thing. But there's a lot of fan, and I think some people do very well with very cheap cycle. I mean, you could. I don't know what would be what would be the best cheapest cycle you can do. 
Test trend clean. I think the NNT D ball for for a, for a, for a show. No, not for a show. Just <laughs> just a cycle for that. Let's say let's yeah. say uh, I have no money cycle. Well, test D ball. Test D ball. Test D ball, man. Yeah. You know, one of the best steroids I did in my life was actually injectable D ball. Yeah, I remember we had it. And come from Germany and. I don't know which year it was. Holy moly. I remember I was going to the gym. I was strong. And then a few days after, I was even stronger. And I got so strong so quick, I couldn't even plan how strong I would be. It's the only time it happened. I don't know why they don't keep making that stuff. Um, I guess they, they I not very popular. <laughs> yeah, because the inject frequency was too, free, too much for most people. It had to be every day. Most people want to inject twice a week, you know, which I find kind of yeah. So on that aspect, you know, they, and the oral works very good as it is. So there's not really um, a problem to fix. It's just a variation of something that already works very well. So it's not really necessary. But for people who get appetite issues, you know, that, that could be an ACE product. Yeah. It's, it's an outstanding product, but it's a, it's a bit like NPP, injectable D-ball. They're, they're, they're not as, uh, as notorious and well-known as they should be. They're kind of... Uh, exactly. NPP is, um, does not get enough respect, I find. Um, it's it, uh, for someone who won't tolerate trend, I would say that it could be a next choice. You yeah. know? But then again, these products, the problem with them is a potential prolacting issues. And if that comes up, well, then shit, you have to buy caber. And then, whoa, that stuff is so expensive. It's more cycle. It's more than the actual steroid itself. So yeah. this is where the problems come up again with cost. I, I'm anti-caber. I hate it. I, hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, I don't like dabbling with dopamine agonist who knew who knows what will be the withdrawal of that drugs i mean it's like for me it's a, a caber is a, a lazy plaster for uh, an unhealthy lifestyle if you if you eat good you train hard you do your right thing you won't need to you're supposed to control estrogen with anti-estrogen and that's it if you go behind that well, how long has caber use been along in the, in the field for? How many years? How many decades? What do we know about this long term? I don't know. Me, I just, hmm. I just learned about caber maybe uh, five, six years ago. Okay. I think the for me the only way you could use caber it's when you're like, I mean, three gram of tests and more. I have hard time believing someone will take more than 4,000 a week. I find that 3.5, when I was 260, 270 pounds in my biggest, after 3.5, it didn't make either any difference or it was damper uh, performance or we felt kind of like shit. So that was my threshold. Some people bad rap and say people do can five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Mm. You believe that? Well, you never know. Some people need more. You know, you get guys like uh, Boston Lloyd, these guys, you know. <laughs> I think Boston Lloyd had kind of an underdosing, and let's say he was taking eight grams and he ended up doing four. Uh, that I wouldn't believe. Could be. 
Yeah. He was kind of average and eventually kind of looked good. But now he's back to bad. I don't know. Yes, he had a. Il y a eu une petite pause où ce que ça avait l'allure son affaire, tu sais. Yeah, yeah. Il se le commande. Ben finalement, peut-être qu'il sait de quoi il parle, tu sais. Mais ben, ça n'a pas duré longtemps. Puis qu'est-ce qui arrive avec son abus à lui, c'est que. You're speaking French, bro. You're French. <laughs> well, you know what he does. Few people can emulate, you know. But maybe he was just doing it to sell gear. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, he actually made a lot of money. With oh, yes, I know. I know, yeah, but... Um, we're pretty we're pretty unknown compared to Boston Lloyd. But you know, it's funny is if we go BLP, I go Benoit Lapierre, I was probably the first one that put on the internet my real face with my real name and my real cycle that I was doing. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was not... I don't consider abuse. I was doing very serious cycle. And maybe for those American macho, I was like, oh, you use all this and you look like that. You were impressed. But I thought it was honest. But the thing is, the people who say that, there's people who often haven't done it themselves. And Dr. Tony Huge, as much as I might not like him, he had a good point in his video. A lot of people, like I, I've, t I've criticized Dr. Huge for perhaps looking like shit for what he uses, but now he's jacked. Like the way he looks now, he's fucking jacked. But for a long time, he didn't really walk the walk as he did now, but it's probably scary to think what he took to look the way he does now, but hey, it's, uh, it's his game. But um, what was my point to this? Um, <laughs> what was he saying in regards to that that I was agreeing with? But if you if you uh, if you look at me, Amira, before I I start making real gain, looks like muscle gain of quality and stuff that I I kind of looked like I was on steroids though. It took me a long time. I was a very small guy. I remember crying because I was small. You know, like at the 16, 15, I was about maybe 160, 165. But now I carry 250 every day. I'm 250 since. Even if I'm off, I hold 250. Even if I eat less, my weight doesn't change. Nothing changed. Well, you're pretty lucky with that because I tend to, tend to lose weight pretty, pretty easily. But... Um Jesus, I keep losing my train of thought here. That's why I need to write stuff down. Um, today, we seem to see a lot of guys who are so huge, so quick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that's causing, though, was a burnout. Like, did you did you see Dallas MacGyver's, uh, his cycle, the, the, the autopsy report? Bro, I watched a video the other day, and uh, if, if that's real... Just the amount of test he was taking, it was like four or five grams of test a week. Um, yeah, but he was a big guy, man. He was almost like 280 of muscle. So it's really, it's related to weight. I think, though, you have to give your body time. And this is, again, where I go back to adding compounds one at a time, you know, so you know what's doing what. But the problem now is that everybody kind of knows that, well, you know what? I'm going to end up using all this shit anyways, so I'm just going to start using it all now. And that's a huge mistake. And that's where people end up getting sick and, like, you know, they, they, they burn out. I think he died. I think he was like me, had the mistake of eating too fast. And he choked on himself. I think I it was purely accident. I believe that. But 
for the outsider crowd that seems a lot like, oh, there's another steroid person who's in denial about, you know, the health effects. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, well, we should maybe lay out the cycle. In here. Like, you know, it's, it comes back to the Ronnie Coleman. If you ask Ronnie Coleman, he said, you will do it again. He said, yes, I will do it again. And then I, I look at Ronnie Coleman in, in, in wheelchair and is like, 3 million uh, 11 uh, surgery and I'll say you know what Coleman I love you but I will never do what you did that's beyond what I could well look at a smart guy like Dexter Jackson who's still hanging with those guys and he was training you know during Coleman's era but back then like Dexter never got the respect because he was seen as being small you know, but he was just playing his cards in regards to, I think, his genetics in that sense. But look at Dexter from the first show that he did, you know? Yeah. Muscle Tech, the ad that they had, like he was like 160 pounds on stage. It's kind of the story, like, you know, with the with the, the, the rabbit and the turtle that do the race. You know, it's an old one, but there's a lot of truth to it. You know, the, yeah, the turtle wins train. the race. This is just the part that he's kind of training, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think he only trained with machine now. Since a couple of years. Who? Dexter doesn't use any free weight. Oh, probably just a mixture. I don't think it would be just that. But I think a lot of us end up doing that. Like, that's what I'm doing now. You know what? I never thought I would say this. But the Smith machine (laughs) is my go-to now to bench. Because I can't fucking press free weight. I press crooked. My instinct is to press crooked. So I have to use a chest press machine with a mirror in front of me and make sure that my left shoulder is not going up like this, you know, because that's how I want to press. So uh, the Smith machine, it helps me push straight, you know. If you need money, you have to put like 10K on your jaw. <laughs> jaw work. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you were very innovative as much as when you first started talking about it. I wasn't sure about it. Every time. I open my freezer and something falls out and I catch it. You know what I notice? My jaw clenches. I think of you every time. I swear to God, man. But, and that goes to show with, um, you had a lot of um, good information on how your teeth genetic make up, how you can be an athlete. And it's true how you look at most of these Olympia people and they have good teeth. Yeah, jaw alignment affects performance. Especially professional figure. I find girls, professional figure, professional classic, they have like outstanding teeth, man. I'm like, wow, I'm so impressed. I envy them. (laughs) But those jaw things, it never, the the strong men, it never caught on in their world. So that kind of tells me uh, it's probably good information, but these guys have been trained their whole life without a fucking mouthpiece. You put that mouthpiece in him, even if it's technically better, it's a derangement for him, you know? It's like walking with those insoles that you had me use for a long time. You know, it's like my foot is so used to be in the, like squatting barefoot. Okay, you're probably right on a lot of levels that it's better, but I walk in sneakers all day. My feet are used to that, you know? It's the type of advice that you're technically right, but it's hard to apply. It's cool, but let's go back to steroids. Sure, yeah. So, you want to do body composition or you want to go for mass? 
you know, um, in my my case, I don't really have a choice to use what I use because I get side effects from stuff. So I I let the diet dictate, you know, what the results are going to be, even though the compounds are kind of similar, you know. So is you, you dabble with nutrition to change body composition no matter what? Pretty much, yeah. And I might use a bit of clen here and there. You do uh, anabolic androgenic ratio, a two one equal, more uh, anabolic, more androgenic. You see a difference? I don't use ratios. No, I actually test is I would say average, like you know, seven fifty. And then um, I might add Masteron to it if I want to lean out, you know, and I would add 600 milligrams of Masteron and um, maybe 40, 60 milligrams of Turinabol. That's the probably the most I've ever done, you know, and I can't use more because if I use more, um, I don't see any better, better effects. You know, like I've, I've tried to use more, but I don't really see results that go past it. That's because... I probably don't train hard enough or apply myself food enough, you know, food wise enough to merit that, you know, the drug is going to do so much. So I guess what you see is what you get in that sense, you know, me personally, uh, insulin with times on and off was the best to gain size that I keep. It's almost like I, Maybe it was a placebo effect. I was always under the impression that was very anti-catabolic. And I was a big fan of GH. Maybe it's another placebo effect, but I felt the sleep, the recovery, the, the muscle pop, the it kind of bring the steroids to another dimension. It, takes, wow. that. Like, it took me maybe like three, four years of steroids to look like I was taking steroids. But one, it looks like steroids. It was like took off. And then when I did GH insulin, I don't even look like the same person anymore. It's like I went to a, a 12% 183 to a, a 12% uh, 243. I, I gained like 40 pounds of muscle in my mid and mid 36, 37 to 41. Uh, I gained like 40 pounds of muscle at that age. So imagine if I would have do it at you know, 23, 24. That's why I often ask myself the same question when I was, um, I was very motivated and I didn't skip trainings or, or I never skipped trainings, but meals, stuff like that. What fucked it up for me was partying. As soon as I discovered party, I discovered partying and steroids at the same time. So that's why I never got the maximum out of it. The first cycle, yes. But after that, like it just kind of, it never changed that much. Me, me I was, uh, let's say, I, I was kind of shy and a bit introvert and stuff. Then I started dabbing with steroids and it, I went like, you know, like dating escort and stripper and I went all over the place exploring my sexual. It really transformed me. But I would say almost in a good way because I was too, I was too in my own. And then it kind of, it kind of lead to a, uh, an external uh, eccentric authenticity and uh, sexual openness and uh, outgoingness. And that was all great till the drug party scene. It's almost like I felt so good on testosterone that I needed, I don't know if I needed more. I don't know. I kind of lost grasp. I don't have regret because it was fun. I had great time and 
great party and, you know, like crazy and stuff, but, um, it should be either steroids, time off, and then party. Not the cocktail of it. That was bad. That's well, the thing is, when you're natural, I remember this. When I did my first party, I was natural. And the fucking size that I lost just from that one night, just dancing for like, you know, 10 hours, like a manic as we did, and then not being able to eat for two days after, then having to wait five days to go train. I'll never forget going to the gym that first training after partying and how shady I felt. And like, all I could do was machines and barely get a pump. And I was like, God damn it. It's not worth it. There's a lot of guys injured themselves after party. Well, it took me three weeks after my first party, bro, to get back training to where it was natural. And that's when gear came in. Hey, when I was doing gear, I was squatting three and a half plates on a Wednesday every week, no sweat. When I was going out, and I did that for a fucking long time. <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself, like, damn, man, I was so motivated. But I think part of the motivation was to belong to that crowd, you know? Yeah. In those places. And and when I got there, I was so proud of it, you know, to be to hang around with, you know, the group of guys that we were with. And that this was fucking elite, you know, alpha male people when you think about it. I was one of the smaller guys. But still, like, you know, like, that was an impressive bunch, man. Like, like uh, I hate to be saying, like, those were the days. I'm not saying yeah, now, yeah, yeah. nowadays. Around 2000, uh, around 2000, I was going at this stereo, and yeah. there is only a few handful of very big bodybuilders. They all knew each other, and they were all party like me. Yeah. And like, uh, me, me, what I was doing, it was like, let's say I was partying, let's say, once a month. Usually, uh, Morales, the Saturday at the end of the month. We wish, I think he's still a good DJ. I still like him. Anyhow, um, and I was planning my diet a month ahead to yeah. look good just on that night. And I almost like a contest prep. I was dieting for like 28 days. I'm doing a carb up, then to sleep a lot and do my party. And uh, what was great is, and stupid is I was buying like detox stuff to recover after I was make sure all my neurotransmitter was blah, blah, blah. And what I was doing is like, let's say four days diet, one day high carb, sleeping, then party. I was party hard, like, wow, well, like 30, 36 hours, but not more than that. And then I was sleeping for two days, three days, completely disappearing, not talking to anyone and stuff. Blah, 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 completely disappear. And um, I was replenished my health with supplements. I was kind of healing the party phase. And I kept on repeating that for, you know, two, three years at least. Well, that's part of why um, I did something very similar, actually, bro, um, with the whole ca- cycling of calories. Because after you go out, well, fuck you. You were just up for all that time and you were dancing crazy. You you're, you can eat whatever you want for, for yeah. a couple of days. And then um, it was funny because the, going out to these places, it made me a better aesthetic person. Not better in the gym, but it made me hold a much better body because, you know, we took our shirts off in these places and, you know, you're, you're, you're judged by this. And if you don't have that look, well, you can't be with these people that that's how it was in those days you know it's like it's a lot different now but um it was a motivator you know in a sense yeah 
always like I always say, love hate affair. You know, it's like you're talking about insulin. Um, that stuff always made me feel weak in the knees, man. Like I just, um, or it kills my appetite. After three weeks, it kills my appetite. I can never use it long term. Huh? That's intriguing. I can't, can't, can't even explain why. My bottle in the fridge? I want to take a picture and show you. It's expired. That's how little I use it. Oh. Like, uh, yeah, it's expired. It's a super responder. That's a good sign, though. Well, I never needed it. And honestly, it was never a big game changer for me. I would take it and I'd only gain like three. Yeah, you never did growth hormone too. You never did pharmaceutical growth No, no, obviously, no. It's, uh, that stuff is crazy expensive. But um, SLIN is kind of overrated. Like I, the, the effect happens with like when you did it with, with growth hormone. But by itself, it's, it's... No, by itself is terrible. But the thing is you... You have a genetic that's kind of a already. Um, you have a good tolerance to insulin, naturally. My carb, my, 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 how can I say my 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 carb insulin sensitivity is naturally high, so I, I get a very good response out of them naturally. And um, like I said, alpha lipoic acid. It's not magic, but it, it does help me. Well, but now, now you talk about alcohol, I'll go buy it again. Each time I buy a bottle every year, every two, three years, I'm always disappointed. I mean, you know, it's like insulin in my micro should not have a, a felt sense to it. But what I did like back in the days was chromium. Chromium was very good. I mean, that I felt it. That I felt it work. Not anymore now that I'm old, but... <laughs> Well, some oh, people, it was a good supplement, bro. Some people are more res responsive to it, but alpha lipoic acid, you, there's a lot of different versions out there, and uh, they all the, the fancier ones claim to be a lot better. I've experimented with them all, the NACL version, the, the R type R version, yeah. and um, the regular version is fine, man. Just get a 300 milligram version. And uh, eat it with your meal. Don't have it before. You get acidity, uh, upset stomach. And uh, just twice a day. You know, I think one tab covers two meals. So have it with breakfast and then have the next one with supper. And that's pretty much it, you know. There's also the antioxidant effects to it that are somewhat uh, underestimated, the health aspects. They look too. very good on paper. Many studies, like extensive. Yes. PubMed search, alpha lipoic acid. Yeah. Over 100 results for sure. Yeah. That's another one, though, though. We're lucky, though, now, because we have cheap access to it. Because when I first read about that in Muscle Media 2000, back in the day, all they had was, like, 50 milligram tabs and, you know, like 30 bucks a month to use that and just... If you want to compare past to present, the taste, man, the first taste of bar or protein shake were right. terrible compared to today with the red con stuff that tastes, like, so delicious. Tastes like a desert. You know, I, I've worked in supplement stores a lot, you know, and you probably know that. And it always boggled my mind, people who come in complaining about a product or it doesn't mix well. And like people have to have a special ball now because they're such wankers, they're not strong enough to shake it. That says something about society, I think, how it just goes to show how, well, okay, if, if you can't get that thing to shake without a ball, you're a fucking pussy, man. Like I know, oh, I know. But see, I remember there was some kind of, I think it was dametized, isoweight dametized. I put it in water 
and it just melt on his own like that, like magic. I was so impressed. I was like, holy shit, that's this. That was one of the first, actually. Uh, Isopure, Nature's Way. Oh, yeah. That was a very popular one that mixed very well, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I worked in stores, and um, I'd always tell people, just use the one that's the cheapest that your body digests, and that that's that's it. Like, I've seen people switch to fancier brands, and I can't tell, you know? Like, you know, it's like... Oh, me, cheap weight kind of remain in my stomach. The one that tastes awful is Pepto Pro, but man, <laughs> such an outstanding assimilation. <laughs> anyway, brother, it's already been like an hour and a half, I think. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Thank you, man. We'll do, we'll, we'll do again. We'll do yeah. again in two, three weeks, two weeks, next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about SARMs, peptide, uh, or more drugs, more maybe more mass, more whatever, but more, more, more. Well, thank well, you. Well, glad thank you for having me. I guess um, I'll probably get better at this as we go. You know, well, you uh, you you you'd be what the the most uh, uh, how can I say that the guest that will come all the time. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, I will have um, I don't know. I'll be able to help people and make better decisions. I guess, but sometimes my my advice is very. Um, there's nothing fancy to it. And people, they're looking for, for gimmicks and stuff like that. And yeah, like, they look for trends and something like a cycle that doesn't look like anyone else, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I, I label, I think BLP had labeled some kind of multi-pharmacology that was not very explored by few because I work with different pathways, but it was more creative. I was not... I was maybe not aware enough of biochemistry, but at the same time, I was like, I worked with so many people in my life. I was like, I gained some kind of experience. And for me, it's more like the coaching relationship will give magic to the steroids hormone. It actually will work, but it's kind of a narrative of magic. That's that would be that would be my my insight. And what would be your insight of uh, being somewhat different, if you could say, you use more common sense or what? Uh, yeah, like I said, again, this, this, I think long-term, you know, um, you can only do so much in so much time realistically, I yeah, guess, sure. which one compound at a, t- at a time to add, you know, I, I literally, I, I got people I'm following who in their second cycle, they're doing more than I'm, than I'm doing. But I guess that just fits the influence of social media. Like people don't yeah. seem to believe anymore that you can do something good with maybe a normal amount it always has to be something crazy you know yeah yeah crazy is a trend well it's fun i was crazy too bro and i enjoyed my crazy time and now i really enjoy my wisdom period it's it's fun i have no choice to handle it anyway yeah well i think uh, you help people make uh, better choices too you know because uh, yeah. you did crazy stuff and you can tell them like listen uh extreme overfeeding what it did to you and uh perhaps stay in a given range body fat which could be ideal but not as extreme but that that you know all the best bodybuilders like coleman and lee priest like they got fat as fuck in the off season but their genetics could take it you know just because they could doesn't mean that you'll be able to follow suit and most people it's going to be it's not going to end well you know if you try to follow those people yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately so Okay, brother. Well, thank you. We're going to stop there and uh, we'll see you very soon at the 
the Steroids Love Story Podcast. <laughs> like a soap opera. Soap opera, soap opera. Took care, bro. We'll talk more about drugs, party, and craziness and fun things. Sounds you. good, man. Thanks. Thank you, buddy.